Welcome to the Wealth Edit Podcast, a place where talking about finances is only polite. We talk to women and hear the stories behind how they've built their beautiful lives, whether that be inside or outside the home. Join us every week as we talk ambition, determination, and success with some of the most interesting, powerful women in the Southeast and beyond. Everybody and welcome to Wealth Edit Wednesday. We're so excited to have Mary Anna Barron Goodall from Hibiscus Linens today. Um, she is loved by many um, who love <laughs> to do the stitching. I, I told her um, earlier that I am not a stitcher, but I appreciate some beautiful stitching. So there's that. Maybe one day I'll I'll become crafty like later in life, but. Um, <laughs> Anyway, we have wanted to have Mariana on for a while and Lauren met her. And when I asked her why she said yes to the wealth and she said it was because Lauren cornered her, which we all know <laughs> that's actually true. <laughs> but anyway, so excited to have you here today and hear your story and more about Habisus Lennon. So maybe you can just start off today and tell us a little bit about you and and how you got to where you are now. I would love to know how I got here. <laughs> That's a more than a lot of luck. Um, no, I, well, hi everybody. I'm Mariana from Hibiscus Linens and Hotel Amparo. I will say that the last decade of my life, I have focused on creating pretty things and pretty spaces. That's how I like to explain it. It's, um, Hibiscus Linens is for sure my first baby where I focus on creating textiles in hand embroidery pieces. And it has an entire, entire area where you can make your own beautiful pieces yourself. So it's not just about sharing beautiful things, but it's creating a community where you can also make them. Mm-hmm. And from there, um, a few years ago in 2018, I started Hotel Amparo down in San Miguel de Allende, where East and of like the experience of Mexico through my eyes, which I believe is a beautiful place because I have been lucky enough of, of growing up Mexican in Mexico and knowing that our country has beautiful things to share. And I have lived abroad enough that I have been able to go back home and appreciate the beautiful things we have. And the hotel and the creative retreats and the entire food ex- wine and food experience is about how you can feel at home down there, right? So I will say kind of like, um, that's what I do. I'm here to share pretty things with you all. I love it. And so, you know, when we talked yesterday, I really loved your, like starting off your story too, with the fact that you did not like graduate from college and think I'm going to start hibiscus linens instead you really it, there was a wind, <laughs> there was a winding path to where you are today would you mind sharing a little bit about that yes of course so I actually um this is not where I thought my life was going to go <laughs> and I'm happy for that and mm-hmm. something my dad always said when I was kind of like in my last year of college was Mariana there's opportunities out there that you do not know they exist he like so I, my mom owns a performing arts studio back home in Monterey, Mexico. And I thought eventually I was going to have my own uh, branch or my own location of her dance studio. And I don't know, like I said, I think that's what I thought my life was going to be like. And mm-hmm. then 
I went to school and studied diplomacy and I started getting focused on human resources and I did my internship in human resources and realized working with people and helping people find their path, their career path was something I was very passionate about. So I went to graduate school to do that in Brisbane, Australia and started working on that and focusing on people and how they could find um, their journey inside the corporation. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I ended up in Houston, working with expats and oil and gas. And so like at no point embroidery was involved, but embroidery was always there. For me, the appreciation for craftsmanship has been part of my life since I was in elementary school. I grew up in an all girls Catholic school where we learn to do this. And because of my mom's dance studio, I was always surrounded by seamstresses creating tutus out of flat tool like how do you make a hard tutu out of like something that is just there by using the right techniques and I I was fascinated by it all so I trained in Spain and France during my summers while I was in graduate school I was already all the way in Australia so Southeast Asia seemed close by so Mm -hmm. I went and understood how block print happens and it just kind of it was a hobby or an a learning that was always there, but it was not the focus of what I was doing with my life. But it's like, it was growing on the side. It was a living thing that it was becoming complex and complex as it go, as it went. And um, eventually, I will say six, seven years ago here in Houston, I was using embroidery as my love language <laughs> you know like I will be like yeah. oh you invite me to your house I'll make you a towel with your initials you are having a baby and you were kind enough to invite me to your baby shower I'll make you um a little blanket with a little crocheted edge and it just kind of became this thing where I was trying to show that I care for people by using my time in mm-hmm. making something for them and long story short somebody was like you should do more of these, you know, like you should offer these. And at that point, I didn't know other people didn't know how to make it. (laughs) Like everybody from my background knew how to, so, or most people knew how to. So it just, it was fascinating for me to learn from people. This is the thing. I have been listening to people and people have taken me in the right direction. And Mm -hmm. knowing that people were interested in knowing more, knowing how to make it, or just purchasing them from me was what opened the doors for hibiscus linens. Mm-hmm. And seven years la- later, here we are at the Wealth Edit. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love Can it. Can you explain what happened? <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's an important story to hear. We actually were talking about that here at Somerset, like in our private wealth management practice, because we have a lot of women clients. And then also through the wealth that we're talking to women all the time. And, you know, if you look at a, a man's like traditional um, career path, you know, it's, you know, oftentimes they're just like steadily working their way up yeah. whatever ladder it is that they're working. But for women, oftentimes it looks very different than that. And sometimes we think we're, we're failing because we're trying one something and then realizing, you know what, that is not the right fit, but I really loved this part of it. Or, and one thing you said to me that your dad said, who we probably need to have your dad on too. He sounds very wise. But (laughs) um, when he said, you know, like find something that you're good at, you know, and that people will pay for. I mean, but you know, you, but sometimes you don't even know what that is until you, until you try it. 
Yes, yeah, and I, I mean, I'm fascinated by my friends in general because I, I, after you and I talked yesterday, I started thinking more of how people create their own journeys as women. Like, mm-hmm. I have, I have somebody I know. I want for us to be friends, but right now we just know each other, and she has like, <laughs> she has like, yeah, she has like eight kids. But she's from Mexico, lives here in Houston, and makes fantastic food. So actually, mm-hmm. she has created a niche for herself where if I'm craving something from home, I can text her and she makes food for all of the expat community here from home without lo- when she, because she still has children she has to look after. Yeah. She's like, I can make food better than anybody. And that's my superpower. Right. And she said, so like, she doesn't make food for me every week, but every now and then I crave something from home and I know. I cannot find it anywhere in town, but with her. Right. And some days she's like, I can't. I have like 17 orders ahead of you. I mean, right. like, she, like that's her superpower. And she figured out a way to include it into her everyday life. And right. um, I mean, I have friends in, in, in I, I have friends uh, that have three daughters and they realize something is very popular with their um, age group in elementary school and they start making it for their community and it works I mean like not everything has to become this massive business plan some things can be just a product or a service and organizing service you're fantastic at and other people don't have time so as I feel like as long as all of us women as a community offer whatever is our superpower to the rest of the community it's going to keep on working yes I love that. And it's like such a good word of encouragement too, that it doesn't have to be like this, like formal business plan. And this, I've got to stay on this path because I think, and I just think too, it's women, one, we, we are good at supporting others in our community. Um, Mm -hmm. And two, that, you know, I don't know, Lauren and I always say, we're not easily embarrassed. Like if we try something and it doesn't, (laughs) And it doesn't work, then we're like, okay, let's, let's try a different thing. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect from the start. And, and I have to tell myself that all the time, you know, like it, it just doesn't have to be perfect. It can be me pursuing something that I feel passionate about. I feel like I'm good at, but I'm probably not going to pick the exact right format the first time. Yeah. Well, and I, we talk about that when I host my embroidery classes or when we are down at the creative retreat. I'm like, you need to think about any project with the same honestly, honesty that we use cooking. You grab a magazine or a book that you're into or somebody recommended and you try the recipe. And that first time, you don't expect it to be perfect and become a family uh, heirloom recipe that is going to go in your um, recipe book is like okay I try it this pasta is great it's a little bit too milky for me I don't really like the pasta shape whatever you try two or three weeks later and you change something and you keep on doing that until you love it and it's something that you add to your Thanksgiving table mm-hmm. but getting there might take several years and you you're not like oh my god it didn't work I need to quit this recipe forever. No, you're like, oh, well, I saw somebody or somebody talk about it and it made sense for me. And then you kind of build through it. The same mm-hmm. with your makeup, the same mm-hmm. with the gauge you style your hair. Mm-hmm. So why are we so hard on ourselves when we're doing something as a business? 
we should have the same grace for ourselves and be Mm -hmm. like well I will dabble into this if it doesn't work that's fine Mm -hmm. or it might have worked but I need to tweak this and I feel if we if we understand that it's a process that you have to build with time then everybody's a little bit more relaxed Mm -hmm. I love that when I hear that someone is like, oh, you're killing it. You're so lucky. I'm like, well, I have been doing it for eight years. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. One of those things, like, it, it, I didn't woke up three weeks ago and decide this is going to work out. I mean, like, mm-hmm. it, it was a small little thing and now it's a big thing, but yeah. it took time. Oh, and it's wow. not, it's not where, I mean, it doesn't look like anything I thought it was going to look like eight years mm-hmm. ago you know like it evolved as people needed different things from me and well as a small company we're here to serve yeah <laughs> I love that when well, I love how you're combining that message with the actual embroidery and stitching classes and especially at in your retreats can you tell everybody like what I'm, I am dying to go on one of these retreats now and I'm again I've said this I'm not very crafty but I would love to go because it sounds like it's a very relaxing environment when where you can be creative and like really have yeah. time to think. Yeah, so that is very interesting that you say you're not crafty because maybe the name of the retreat should change and be called time for yourself retreat instead exactly. of yeah. retreat. Um, because we do make an embroidery, we do have an embroidery class and we focus on Mexican style embroidery, but other than that, we focus on pottery, on painting, on paper mache, or in straw bags. We see how other artisans work. We have a cooking class. We have a tequila tasting. I mean, like, it's just about having time to breathe. I feel like as women, we focus so much on catering for others, like taking care of our family, our friends, our parents, our partners, our children. You know, like there's like so many people that sometimes we stop we we stop focusing on just resting and regrouping yeah and when you have time to regroup you have time to think Mm -hmm. it's very hard to ask of yourself to be creating something if you don't have time to stop like I love to spend like two hours in the morning or at night or on the weekend like I try to find two hours at some point where I'm just drinking coffee or I'm drinking tea and I'm like doing nothing I sit on the sofa and I'm just like La 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 la. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I need to think, and and that actually helps me prepare for the week much mm-hmm. more than knowing exactly what I'm going to tackle every day. It's just like, okay, every every single idea I have had or every single commitment I have to tackle, let me put them all here together and think how I'm going to move forward. So the retreat is like a massive version or like a four-day version of that we start our morning with meditation you have time to do watercolor and this doesn't have to become anything it can just be like a little memory of what you saw while we were walking down the street that day but it's like just time for yourself to think of things that are outside your every day and usually the best ideas come from that that's what I believe I don't know if it's true but that's what I believe I love that. I think that too, when you're working with your hands and, you know, especially if you're just doodling with your paintbrush Mm -hmm. or, you know, too, sometimes that takes the pressure off of just sitting there, you know, like I find it very difficult to meditate, but, you know, I find if I'm just, you know, 
-hmm. you know, actively doing something that's relaxing that allows my mind space to wander. That is when, you know, you have your best ideas. So when you're in there and like, while you're working, are you like talking about choices and like, what, what kind of community is, is it built around? Are there other women there? Is it like, does everybody know each other or is it women from all over? It's very interesting. So we have hosts of several dozens of these trips and the groups are small. We never have more than 14 people. So it's a very nice little bubble, mm -hmm. eight to 14 usually. I prefer to have a lot of small trips than um, one big one because this way people can really talk to each other and create a connection and see what um, what makes them unique, but also what makes them part of the community. And I will say some people know each other, but a lot, like maybe somebody travels with a friend, but there's always people from different parts of the country. And that allows for a more complex conversation okay. because maybe something that is very popular in Texas already and is happening is not in California or is mm -hmm. not happening in Lexington, Kentucky. You know, so like mm -hmm. having people from all over uh, and somehow people always connect. I think people, especially in the South, are very good to by like, oh, you went to college with my neighbor that is friend from with my dentist. Yes. <laughs> always, always crazy <laughs> connections. Yes. Yeah, I, I just sit there and I'm like, well, so you're all family now. Let's keep on moving forward. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I will say, um, and, and there's people from everywhere. Like there's people that um, that have chosen to work for a company, people that have chosen to go on their own path and have their own companies, and people that have decided to to work from home or in, with their children and their family. So I think that is also very interesting because sometimes I have a couple of friends that in between the two of them have five children under five with mm -hmm. these girls from another city that still have no children and these three sisters that are celebrating that one of them is turning 60. So there's right. people from absolutely everywhere in the same group and by the end of the day it works out because it's a more complex conversation. Yeah, It's new people and they all have this each to be more creative or spend time by nurturing themselves and mm -hmm. that is kind of like the connecting link among them all mm -hmm. i like it <laughs> i really well, like it i'm i'm sold i i'm 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 gonna have to grab lauren and we're gonna have to make a you need to make your own trip you need to make a wealth added trip and we go yes. and we figure out how to move forward <laughs> i think that's a wonderful idea um okay so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about okay. kind of the actual nuts and bolts of how you build hibiscus linens because much like the wealth edit there seems to be there's in-person options there's also virtual options yes. so when you first got started where did you you always had teaching as a part of it. Is that correct? Okay. Correct. So my point is I hand embroidery usually is very time consuming. And when I started Hibiscus, it was just me stitching. Mm -hmm. So my approach was I can stitch it for yourself or you can stitch it yourself. I can teach you. Right. <laughs> so it was like, so you can get it faster. <laughs> you just do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come with me. Help me tackle my work. Right. I love that. So when you first started and it was just mm -hmm. you, 
Um, what was kind of the first point where you had to hire more people to help? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I will say there was a point where, so when I started, I was only making cocktail napkins and towels. Mm-hmm. And towels, usually people buy one or two. And cocktail napkins, the standard gift is four or six. Mm-hmm. But I will say I had been in business for one year and Thanksgiving was coming up and people start asking for dinner napkins for their entire table. Right. So then we're talking about a minimum of 12. Stitching the same thing 12 times is usually at least 12 hours. So that's a year and a half to fulfill. I mean, that's a day and a half. Sorry, not a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a a day and a half to make one order without checking emails without checking any like and that meant like for a day and a half I was not creating more inventory for myself right or for myself to take places I didn't have a studio at this point but um that seemed like a like that seemed like a problem for growth so right. it was actually pretty nice because I reached out to another girl that live in my same city that had gone to my same elementary school. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, so she knew exactly how to stitch the same way I have been taught when I was a child. Okay. So something that has been very important for me is I think Hibiscus Linens has a very specific look and I like for things to look like that. <laughs> and right. um so I needed to find people and maybe that has been a challenge that stitch very similar to me, to mm-hmm. what I think my stitches look like. Right. So that was the first person that I hired, Lucy, and uh, is now home with her two babies. Hi, Lucy, I think you're there. <laughs> um, but it was kind of like that. And from there, when I needed to hire more people, I start reaching out to ladies that have taken my classes. Mm-hmm. So actually, there was a point where I was through the classes training my future employees. And it has been, I mean, there's girls that have been with me for five years now that showed up to a class six years ago because they like the store gold scissors that I give during the class. I mean, like it just has been very organic like that. And I really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So how many employees do you have now? Right now we're 70 in Houston. 70? No, seven, sorry, seven. Oh, seven. Like 70, wow. So, so seven, down. that's amazing. And mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I just think everything about your story is, um, everything seems, uh, we, I said this yesterday and you're like, what do you mean? I was like, it all just makes sense, you know? But like, <laughs> everything is tied together so beautifully, you know, where you're yeah. teaching women how to do it, which in turn is helping you build your team. In addition, you're building the business and then being able to incorporate your love of community and encouraging women to really take time to stop and think through their ideas with the hotel. Mm -hmm. It just seems like such a wonderful combination of things. And I I do believe you cannot force things. Mm -hmm. If you force things, if things don't come organically or natural, then you are like fighting yourself to make it happen. It's like mm-hmm. trying to grow the wrong type of flowers in Houston, Texas. You know, like you cannot yeah. grow tulips here. Um, so I, I believe that it's my, not, like 
I know some people are very like objective focused and they're like, this is where I want to get. And then they do anything in their power to make it happen. I do believe in a more organic approach. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, yes, you have to hustle. Yes, you have to work hard. Yes, I. there were days that I was teaching 14 hours. <laughs> I mean, like it, it happens like that. But also people now know that, for example, at Hibiscus, we have an Easter children clothing line. Uh-huh. But we don't make a winter dress. We don't make a Christmas dress because we don't have time. We're making napkins for your Thanksgiving and your Christmas table. Mm-hmm. So we have been very lucky that we have been able to communicate our capabilities and how we're going to make seasons for everything. And that's why people are buying right now the chicken dress because it's like it's that time of the year when it's starting to get warmer and then we don't have something for the holidays in Christmas. Mm-hmm. And we haven't for the last three years and it just makes our company move better because we're not trying to multitask too much. We actually have seasons for when we launch what. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and that works for us. I don't know that it works in every industry, but it works for us. And I think when people are starting small and bootstrap and with their own capital without any big investment from something bigger <laughs> than you, Right. Um, it it makes sense to understand your limitations and work them to your advantage. I I do believe that we focus too much on getting better in, about your areas of opportunity. I think you should not do that. I think you should focus on your strengths. I mean, like what you're good at, just keep on doing it and hire somebody to do the thing you're not good at. Yes. I mean, I totally, I I hear what you're saying and it, it, and it's almost easier said than done. I know when Lauren and I um, earlier in 2021, we went through a pitch competition where Mm -hmm. pitch and through the Alabama economic development board, we're able to get a grant, which was really wonderful because it allowed us to reduce the cost of the wealth that it, and just do things that we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise for like, you know, a startup. Mm-hmm. So it was a huge blessing. But one of the things that after we won, we began getting approached by a lot of these, you know, entrepreneurial groups that were more like venture capital people. And they're like, you know, mm-hmm. you have to act on this right now. This is, you know, this is your time since you've just won this to like take this to the next level. And, you know, we had to say, you know, really what we want to do is we want the wealth that it to grow organically. I mean, it's something that hasn't been done before um, in this format and trying to build a community. You can't force it. We could have all the funding in the world, but until we find, you know, your people, we, our people and how do we really add value? I mean, like what's the best format? Like we're all busy women we're all trying to, you know, be the best mom and the best wife and the best sister and the best, you know, all the things. And so there's such a a short period of time that we really have to devote to, like you said, you know, just taking some time to sit and think and say, you know, whether it's finances or embroidery or starting a new job, you know, it's hard, but then once you find some success, there's a lot out there that says, oh, now you need more, more, more. And then just to be able to be confident and say, you know, we're going to just continue to grow this in a way that feels yeah. natural. Like, well, and I love that you said that part about how we don't, 
get a lot of time for ourselves because that is something that we realized. And the reason why some of our classes went online and we host Zoom classes now, mm-hmm. people are like, I cannot take three hours, like get a nanny, dress, go to your class, come mm-hmm. back. It's like at the end of the day, it's three hours. You're like, but if I can be home and just log in at 7 p.m. from my kitchen table, Right. And I had the experience of the time for myself without the entire extra stress. So mm-hmm. I think that's where we all as a community can work together. It's like I thought once once we went back into everyday living, the online classes were, were not going to have a place. Right. But people kept on saying, no, I'm in Houston and I don't want to go all the way to the studio. I want to keep on doing it from home. Right. Right. And uh, so, so we keep on offering it. But you're completely right. I, I, grow, I think we have grown mainly by word of mouth. I mean, like, I don't think we spent $200 a year on advertising online. Right. Like we we don't, like when we do it, it's more like, I don't know, they recommend it. And I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) We'll do it this time just to see what happens. But we don't, like, we don't really do that. And, uh, but little by little, it's it's a very, robust structure i believe yeah and uh, I really um, like it. <laughs> yeah and that's amazing that you've grown like that i just think that says so much about you and your product and what you're doing it's so exciting and i hate that our 30 minutes is already out but we do want to ask you like we ask all of our guests you know why did you say yes to the wealth that other than lauren cornering you <laughs> wait is that not enough answer <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I like to hear about projects where where we're trying to be very real about what's going on. Mm -hmm. I believe through social media and just the way everything works, we always focus on the success stories and we always focus on the things that are working and just like the final project and not actually the process. Mm -hmm. So if I, and as an immigrant, that had no connections like I didn't go to school with anybody in the states um I was not the neighbor of anybody growing up or anything like that like I like to be able to share and be like it can be done you don't have to have the perfect formula you just have to have a formula that works for you and it works for your community as long as you have a small community where it works you're going to be fine yeah, I love that. Well, thank you for being here today. If anybody wants to find you, where did that? How, what's the best way to connect? Is it on your website or Instagram? Uh, definitely the High Viscous Lean on Instagram. Uh, they can send a message through there or through uh-huh. our website. Um, okay. If they cannot find something, they can always reach out by email. But no, Instagram or our website is the best way for okay. sure. Or coming to the store in Houston. <laughs> I'm there yeah. a lot. <laughs> well, we can't wait to be there. And I'm really, really but no, come to Mexico. Here. Let's go to Mexico. I would love to <laughs> but Mariana, thank you so much for being our guest. And we look forward to meeting you in person one day soon. All right. Well, happy to see you, ladies. Thank you All so right, much thanks. for having me. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye. We hope you enjoyed our podcast today. If you want to learn more about our website, please check us out at www.wealthedit.com. The Wealth Edit is an online membership-based community for women looking to confidently discuss and expand their knowledge of personal finance.
Our community provides a space for women of all ages to gather, learn, and plan their financial journey through virtual courses, weekly guest speakers, and educational content. 